Please listen carefully. Hey folks, so this is a conversation that I had with one of our members, Wendy. Uh, She has a daughter, Penny, who has Dravet syndrome, which you will learn about in this podcast. It's a very rare form of epilepsy. And so we talk about Dravet syndrome, uh, what daily life is like for Penny and Wendy. And uh, we dive pretty deep into the ketogenic diet or keto, uh, because that is the diet that Uh, Penny has been prescribed to uh, keep her seizures down. Um, So we talk about the clinical use of that uh, in their their life versus, you know, the more pop culture reference of keto. Uh, So there is a video version of this on our Facebook page. So just go to Facebook and look up CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A, if you want to see the video version. Um, But this is the audio pulled from that video and put into podcast form. So, hope you enjoy. All right. So, Wendy, we um, I want to talk to you because this month is Epilepsy Awareness Month. It is that is. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I thought we could um, talk about you and Penny and epilepsy and kind of um, create some awareness and some education. Um, but actually, let's first start with how you came here and how we got started. Yeah, um, so I came to Kana. Mm-hmm. Okay, I and always want to say Kana, but Kana. Yeah. So I started here back in August, so I don't know how many months is that, like three, four months? And um, my friend Molly um, has been coming here for almost a year, and I saw, you know, just pictures that she had posted and, um, you know, I had said, you know, like, that looks cool and mm-hmm. had expressed interest. So when there was a special, I took advantage and came and tried it. And I love it. It's been, like, really just – I've never been into team sports. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's so different than anything I've ever done. Um, and I'm, I just – I really like it. So. What did you think coming in versus <clears throat> the reality? Or did it actually match up to what you thought? Um I think it matched up to what I thought. I think it's a lot more accessible than I thought it would be. And mm. um, I think anytime you start like a new fitness program, it can be intimidating. So, sure. and I know like just everybody feels intimidated by CrossFit because mm-hmm. it's so different. Um, but, you know, I think it was pretty much exactly what I thought. What okay. I, the, the thing that surprised me is I think someone had said like, you come for the workout, but you stay for like the community. And I've just felt like it's really cool to have people who like, you know, you're going to have a conversation with when you come and like just little icebreaker at the beginning when you do question of the day, like it, it really does like make it a different experience. It's not just go to the gym, sweat and go home. And, um, it makes me like more motivated to come. So cool. I like that part of it. Nice. And, um, a lot of people, um, you know, as you like, go through and learn different movements and stuff, then you start realizing that you can like target specific goals. Like yeah. when you first come in, you have no idea right. what to expect or like what a good goal would be. You yeah. know, a lot of people come in wanting to lose weight and stuff like that. Right. But beyond that, once you start learning movements, people tend to 
have more performance-based goals. Yes. So has that come about for you yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. I, I'm very goal-oriented goal mm -hmm. um, when it comes to fitness. I've found, like, I, used, I was really into, like, running races for a while, and then injury kind of took that away as like the goal, but also, you know, you set a big goal, like I'm gonna run a marathon and then you do it and then it's done. And what's the next motivator? Am I gonna do it again? Am I gonna do something else? So mm -hmm. um, I found like that kind of dead ended for me after I maxed out and then injury kind of prevented me from running. Right. So um, here it's different because every workout, every day, it's like a goal, like you just tracking like today's workout, you know, each round you, you tracked your time and mm -hmm. it's just like every little chip, chip on it. You like, you think about, yeah. okay, I want to try to finish in this amount of time. And it just, right. it's a motivator. Yep. Um, yep. And like the fitness testing this month mm -hmm. has been really cool just to kind of get a baseline for where I am and like how many like push-ups I can do, which currently the number is zero, but, um, <laughs> so maybe a push-up is push your goal. Up. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, just From someday I'll do yep. a push-up on versus, the ground versus, uh, a, a versus a modified, but yeah. I mean, then it, there always is a modified version that like, yeah. so you're doing something, you're working towards it. I really want to do a pull-up. Like that's my yeah. big goal. I feel like a lot of people think that too. I think Molly <laughs> said that too. We were talking about it the other day. Yep. Um, she said that the other day. Yeah. But so I, you know, it's just, there's always something to work towards. So right. Right. That's a that's an, a different part of it. Yep. And then once you do get a pull up, then it's like okay, I want Nine, five, five. pull-ups, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And then I want ten. Yep. And I want to do kipping. Yeah. And then I want to get a muscle up. And like so, there's yeah. always something. There's always something. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So talk about. Um, I guess let's start with maybe just generally where you grew up, and then um, Penny came into the picture, and let's yeah. do a little bit of background. Um, yeah. So I'll. So I'm from the area, um, mm -hmm. so we're in Montgomery County. I grew up in Bucks County, uh, about 30 minutes from here. Mm -hmm. um, I lived in Atlanta for a while after college, and then my husband and I moved back up here, um, and we had our daughter, Penny. Mm -hmm. She's three and a half now. Um, she's our only kid. And um, she, you know, when she was born, she was very, like, typical. She met milestones. Not, nothing, you know, significant to note. Right. Um, until she was eight months old, she had a seizure. Um, it was actually the day after Christmas. We woke up to her seizing, um, and it was like 15 minutes long convulsive seizure. Obviously, it was like terrifying. I'll never forget right. that. Because up until that point, n nothing. there was nothing. Yeah. It was just you had an eight month old, and it was yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And it was I fun. Mean, and yep. Yeah. And yeah. she had never even had been sick. Nothing. So this was wow. the first time that, um, so, you know, when you have a seizure, it's typical for your body temperature to raise. Okay. Um, so in the, we called, obviously called an ambulance and in the ambulance, they said, oh, like, it seems like she has a fever. This is probably just a febrile seizure, which is mm. common, you know? So we were kind of like, oh, okay, okay. So we, you know, did the hospital thing and they sent us home. They're like, it, she, it's just, this is probably just a one-time thing. And then the next day, she had another episode, this time not a convulsive seizure, but she just kind of like went limp. Mm. Um, and at that point, I do think she had a fever. And th so this was her first illness. Um, again, did the hospital thing. They did all kinds of testing, found nothing wrong, sent us home this time with um, medication to stop a seizure. It's called okay. diastat. It's a um, the most common medication for 
anyone who has a seizure disorder, um, and it's a rectal administration, so it's not the most convenient. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but most people, if they have a seizure disorder and they um, have a history of their seizures being longer than five minutes, they'll get this. Okay. Um, and that's like in case the seizure goes too long, you put this, it's like a benzo, you put it in their butt, and then it immediately helps to stop the seizure. Gotcha. So they sent us home with that, which I was like, what? Right. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. Um, and we, again, they were like, this is probably just one time thing. Right. So right. we were hopeful. Um, and then 10 days after that was the first, like, really big, bad, like, But during episode. those 10 days, you must have been, like, pins and needles waiting. Oh, yeah. Just waiting for something, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Ter it was terrifying. Yeah. 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 Um, and that day, her seizure was, like, probably well over an hour. I don't know if it continued or if it stopped and restarted because they had her in an ambulance doing all that like whatever they were doing, they were trying to intubate her. They were having complications. They, it was like a whole. Did you try mess. the diastat? I gave her the diastat. Yes. Yeah. So she started seizing. We were it was five seventeen p.m. I was waiting for my husband to come home. Um, he takes the train home. So he, you know, I was sitting in the living room with her. She just fell over, started seizing. Um, I was freaking out. You <laughs> called nine one one. For sure. For sure. Um, it was the first time I ever gave her the diastat, and I was I couldn't remember the directions. I'm like right. looking at the directions. Right, 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 right. So by the time I got it in her, it was probably like seven minutes after the seizure. And and now we know that medication doesn't really work well for her. Got it. Um, but so yeah, I gave her the diastat. Then the EMS gave her a bunch of other stuff. I think Ativan, but they had yeah. issues too. Yeah. And so she ended up being airlifted to CHOP. Um, and it was just that whole, you know, I remember we were in the, um, it's not the ER, like triage, but there's like a separate room. I don't even remember what it's called, where it's like what you see in like the shows and movies where it's like, sure. there's like 50 doctors around and everybody's like whispering right, and, right. um, that's where we were. And I just remember it was like out of body experience, um, and I remember the nurse, I, I was like, you know, how long are we going to be here? And uh -huh. she was like, weeks, plural. Like, wow. and I just, I was like, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I'm, I was right. so overwhelmed. Right. So um, we were actually there only for a few days, which was nice. Um, okay. She recovered, obviously. Um, she, they, they started her on a med daily medication uh -huh. for seizures and, um, you know, we had lots of long talks with the doctors because we were terrified to bring her home. We were like, what, you know, right. what do we do? Like, yeah. um, so that was, it was just sort of like the rug ripped out from under you. We were just starting to get comfortable. Like we had spent two nights away from her a week before Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and just like, it's just like crazy because it was like we were just starting to get comfortable and yeah, then from zero to and now it's like now we're no afraid time. to leave yeah. her alone. I can't get a shower. I can't, you know change the laundry. I can't do anything. I, can, I have to watch her all the time. And you were working at the time? No, I wasn't, okay. which was a blessing because gotcha. um, I was able to be with her, but I was with her all the time. So, right. I mean, it, right. was, it was a blessing that I was available. For but, sure. But you had um, to be so vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few months after that, we learned that they actually ran genetic testing while we were at CHOP okay. at that visit. And um, subsequently, she had, you know, continued to have these prolonged seizures. We didn't really know what was going on. 
a lot of trips to the hospital, lots of ambulance rides, and um, so anytime she would have a seizure, you would go mm -hmm. to the hospital. Yep. And you go downtown to no. Chop? Usually mm -hmm. we would go to Abington, which okay. is closer. The ambulance in our county, at least, they have to take you to the closest hospital. <coughs> gotcha. Um, so that was our closest hospital. So we got really familiar with the ER at Abington. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're like, oh, you again? Yeah. yeah. Um, nice I had you. like some of the ERP docs on my. In my on your phone. phone, yep. Because right. oh <laughs> they would send us home, and they'll be like, "Just, just call me directly yeah, if you have yeah. another problem." Oh my gosh. Um, so we learned that she has this genetic mutation, um, and then we learned also that so it's not an inherited mutation as far as testing can tell. Neither my husband or I have it. Right. She's um, the first. She's the first, which they call a de novo mutation. Like mm -hmm. it just came out of nowhere. Yep. Um, but so at, at once we got the results, we're like, okay, so now we know the cause of her mm -hmm. epilepsy, which is great because I think something like two thirds of people don't know the wow. cause of their epilepsy. Wow. Um, but it was also devastating news because it's very commonly associated with this condition, Dravé syndrome, which is like a devastating, catastrophic, lifelong form of epilepsy um, that has like a slew of comorbid conditions. And so, you know, once we started, like, like we hung up the phone from getting that information and then just, you know, my husband and I both on our own computers, oh, him at work, yeah. me, you know. So you I'm were like, on the phone getting this information. From the doctor. explaining everything. Well, they didn't diagnose her with Dravet at oh, first. Okay. They're gotcha. like, because gotcha. at that point her development was typical. And it still is, actually. But yeah. her seizure, because it isn't a genetic diagnosis, it's a clinical diagnosis. Got it. So, um... At that point, there wasn't, we had since gotten some second opinions mm -hmm. and she definitely has this condition. Mm -hmm. um, her seizure presentation is like spot on. Um, gotcha. And as soon as we started reading about the kids, we're like, this is exactly what we've been going through. This is exactly how her seizures are presenting. And, um, but then it's also like just scary. I mean, the mortality rate for Dravet syndrome is one in five. Um, so, you know, it's, it's overwhelming information when you get that. Um, so that's sort of where we are now. Uh, she's three and a half now. She, um, she's, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say she's doing well. Sure. Um, sure. In so many ways, she's doing really, really well. In other ways, she's not. Um, mm -hmm. Developmentally, she's like, she goes to typical preschool. Um, she has a nurse with her to keep her safe. Sure. Um, but she you know talks sings dances walks runs plays she does gymnastics she does a lot of the stuff that i can't even do here at crossfit <laughs> at gymnastics which is cool um she you know some things we have to work a little harder at but yep. she's you know if you saw her you wouldn't really sure. think much of anything yep. um but her seizures are really aggressive she has um mostly primarily now smaller seizures mm -hmm. like focal well I don't, they call them myoclonic seizures. I don't know. She has all kinds of seizures, but she'll just kind of space out, do like a head bob or a shake, and mm -hmm. um, pretty much like anything outside of the house is a trigger. So anytime we leave the house, she might have like a cluster of seizures and we need to go back in. Right. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, like we're just so glad that she's progressing, but in other ways we're like, come on, can we can we get a little better seizure control? So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we are right now. How frequent these days um, will she have a seizure? Every day. 
every day. Every day. But it could range from kind of a space out to yeah. So a convulsive room. seizures. So um, the diet. So yeah. So let's talk. Yeah. About, yeah so um, she was having, I would say, two to three convulsive seizures, like the big. Um, scary ones. Right. Um, like grand mal. Gra yeah, yeah, like a grand mal. Um, they, today they might say like a generalized tonic clonic. Or, Got it. Yeah. I mean, the, the seizure definition like is always yeah, changing, yeah, yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like. But yeah, so the big scary ones. She was having probably like two, once or twice a month okay. over 15 minutes per epi like episode. Got it. Um, and that was pretty much the case until we started her on this ketogenic diet for epilepsy. Um, she was 18 months when we initiated the diet and slowly after starting her seizures got less and less frequent, less and shorter duration. And then she went 13 months without a single tonic clonic seizure. So let's talk about that yeah. inflection point because yeah. that's, that's obviously huge. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you saw it in your in front of you, mm -hmm. right? So, <clears throat> how old was she when she started? So the she was eighteen diet? months. So at that point, we had tried and failed two different seizure medications. Okay. Um, and but no changes to any diet. No. During that time. Nope. Okay. Um, and we, I again, I hesitate to say we're lucky, but we have been lucky in that her seizures are not as severe as they could be. Some kids yep. with Dreve syndrome, you're in the ICU and they're seizing and you're like, what do we try next? For us, that hasn't been the experience. We're at home and we're frustrated, right. but we're able to sort of like take our time making changes, okay. um, which is a blessing. So after trying and failing two different medications, we were still seeing the same presentation we decided after a lot of debate to do the dietary therapy. Um, so they were they talking to you about ketogenic diet before and you were just like, no, let's just try these meds or did they not even mention it? And then they were like, hey, these two meds aren't working. Let's mm -hmm. try this intervention. So we at that point, we were at a bit of a crossroads and we um, we explored our options and did our own research Got it. Um, to try to figure out what the best um, next step would be. Yep. And um, we kind of decided that if we stuck with Children's Hospital, we would do keto because they have one of the best programs for the ketogenic diet for epilepsy. Got it. Um, and so we kind of like, there were a lot of factors, mm -hmm. um, but it's not like, it's not like any other, like, you know, you, it's a huge commitment. Um, and so it wasn't a decision that we made lightly. But, I mean, to start the diet, first we had to take a full day course at CHOP um, just to even get on the list for starting the diet. And we to did work that. with an RD. Yeah. To, um, who will give the, you so all they the have numbers a team. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they it. have a team. Uh, it has. They have two dietitians. Mm -hmm. They have a handful of nurses. Um, the neurologist, obviously. They have a chef who helps um, come up with recipes for the kids. Um, so, and then when you initiate the diet, you're actually admitted to the hospital um, wow. for five days. And so they can monitor you. So they monitor the kid, and then while 
while the child is admitted, the parents and caregivers are actually in class to learn about how to prepare and calculate the foods. So okay. it's like a big deal when you start this. And they say when you commit to it, you really need to at least commit to three months. Six months is like what yep. they recommend because that's a lot to go through. And then to yeah. do it for a month and then be like, this isn't working for me. That's mm -hmm. like, you have mm -hmm. to really commit. Yeah. Um, so so I, it wasn't an easy decision for sure, yeah, to, for sure. to do that. Um, but yes, yeah, so when she was 18 months, we we were admitted to, to initiate. So that's actually, it's been two years this week. So when you were admitted and went through the course, she was being monitored. How, and we'll get into like what keto is as well, but um, how soon did you see? Um, Ketosis? No, not even ketosis. Like we can get into that, but like, when did you see her affect or her present, you know, the results of it, right? Like the benefits of going yeah. ketogenic. So, um, so the science behind why it works is unclear. Mm -hmm. um, there's no, no the, the doctors don't understand why it works. But what her neurologist tells us is that she believes that the diet sort of like protects your neurons. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. so for Penny, the way her genetic mutation is, it affects the sodium channel. So like her brain, her, her neurons in her whole body can't communicate effectively. Um, so it somehow the diet and what it does to the cells like improves that. Sure. Um, so what was tricky when we started is that she was on a medication that made her acidotic mm -hmm. when we were initiated for the diet. Okay. So she was already acidotic before we put her on keto. An acidotic is, it means like her body pH was pH, yeah. really low. Mm -hmm. um, and she was already on medication to correct that because of a medication she was on for seizures. Yeah, she's <laughs> so on the med for a med. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. on med for a med. Yeah. So she was already on that. Um, and when we initiated the diet, her acidosis became so severe that they wanted to immediately take her off of that medication. Mm. So our five-day hospital stay was actually a nine-day hospital stay because it turned into a med wean in Got addition it. to starting the diet yeah, and then down on the med and but then, then they also didn't want to take her off because that was the only med she was on at the time so then we had to add a new med to protect her <laughs> so it was very complicated um but as soon as we removed that med her cognition improved i mean she was like talking walking moving more easily and Partly I think it was the diet, but partly I think it was removing that medication because sure. that medication was known to have some side effects. Got it. Um, so she got evaluated actually by early intervention right before that. And then when we came back and her therapy started, her therapist was like, this isn't the kid that I evaluated because she's doing way better. So that was pretty cool to see that happen. And I'm sure yeah. there were more factors at play than just the diet. But um, so she, like I said, she was like, once or twice a month going into these like 15 minute at least seizures. Yep. Um, after we started the diet in November, she had one seizure Christmas Eve mm -hmm. that year. It was 10 minutes. And then another sometime in the spring and then one that June. And they just got shorter and shorter and less frequent. And then wow. she went from June of 2017 all the way to August of 2018 and did not have a single tonic clonic seizure. So something's working there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's let's talk about the diet itself because some people, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting because 
things with diet and exercise go in waves and so keto is like a very hot topic nowadays mm -hmm. for people and um, a lot of people see it as like the new diet craze right like let's lose weight let's go keto mm -hmm. um, whereas um, your application is super clinical like there's a right. fit you have to you're weighing things to the gram and tenth of a gram tenth of a gram yeah mm -hmm. so talk about you know uh, kind of a general definition of keto and then how that applies yeah depending. so um, basically my understanding of keto is that when your body, basically you starve your body of carbohydrates mm -hmm. and it causes your energy source to become fat. Yeah, ketones. Right? Ketone ketones, yep. right. So mm -hmm. like um, basically like as the carbohydrates in your body decrease, the ketones increase and then mm -hmm. um, that's when, once your ketones reach a certain level, you're considered in ketosis. Correct. Um, I don't know what the level is. Penny's urine pH, or well, no, that doesn't. Her blood ketones usually run like around five or six. Yeah, so it's usually if you're above like four and a half, five okay. in terms of millimoles. Yeah. Um, you would be considered in ketosis. In ketosis. Yeah. So yeah, she's. I mean, so yeah. But that's so, done with a blood draw, with blood test. And, yeah, it's yeah. like a. Um, it's because we used to check her blood sugars too. So. Um, yeah. So she, you know, she get, we have like the little finger. Same machine thing. as Same like machine. diabetics would use, but yep. there are certain strips that you strip. can get for yep. ketones. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so that's my understanding of ketosis. If you asked me two years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to go into a little more detail, <laughs> but it's now more just practical yeah, you're knowledge. Yeah, just doing it. Yeah, We just, totally, we totally. just go through the motions. Um, so for her, so um, in terms of the ketogenic diet for epilepsy, most People who use it use um, keto calculator to come up with their food, or they work okay. with their dietitian, and their dietitian just hands them the recipes. Sure. Um, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia's program is a little different. Okay. Um, they actually have their own like calculation system, so mm -hmm. you learn that when you go to the classes, you learn how to calculate the food specific to your child. Okay. So you know we have friends whose children are the same age also on keto at the same ratio, but their recipe, plan, their meal plan is different from Penny's. Every kid's meal plan is unique to them, um, which it's good. They have a pretty, I think they have like a higher success rate um, and sure. and a higher rate of families who stay on the diet than other programs um, because it's very tailored. Got it. Um, so for Penny, um, we have her like little meal plan and mm -hmm. then we have a whole um, manual of exchanges they call it so that's like right. a serving right. so like for each meal she gets this many servings of protein this many servings of carbohydrate and this many servings of fat do you know those numbers off the top of your head um she or in gets, terms of grams or tenths of gram like so it depends on what it is so okay. um her meal plan right now it changes every so often but right now her meal plan is uh so if it's with heavy cream she gets 36 grams of heavy <clears throat> cream okay um, and it has to be six grams of fat per serving, heavy cream. And then she gets, um, let's see, 1.9 exchanges of protein. So that's 1.9 servings of a protein. So mm -hmm. let's say it's turkey, that's 7.4 grams per serving. So she would get 7.4 times 1.9. Got it. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so this like is what we do every gram, meal. Almost 14 yeah, grams of, of protein. Of turkey yep. for like turkey lunch meat. Right. And then carbohydrate, she gets... 1.3 servings. So let's say okay. this morning she got Cheerios. Mm -hmm. um, she got two grams of Cheerios. Got and it. then she gets, um, in a heavy cream meal, she gets 3.5 exchanges of fat. So if it were butter, it would be like 16 grams of butter. And you had posted a picture 
a couple of days ago showing like half a Ritz cracker it or was a cheese it cracker. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with how small a cheese it cracker is. And yeah. it was half of that. And that was how much of a daily That was serving her time? carbohydrate serving for one meal. So she gets right. three meals per day yep. and two snacks. The snacks have no carbs. So she just gets protein and fat for gotcha. her snack. And then her meals each have a small amount of carbs. So if she had Cheez-Its, which she actually said she didn't like them, so <laughs> we won't do that again. But if, she, you know, every once in a while we try to do like a snack food just sure. to like let her feel normal. So yep. she got one and a half Cheez-Its with a meal. And that's all day. That's it, yep. yeah. I mean, if we did Cheez-Its. Now Cheez she is three and a half, so she's smaller, but people I think can. Right, like she'll, I'll never hand her a bag of Cheez-Its. Right. Because right. she just can't have right. that. Um, we try to do more healthy, like she loves vegetables. It's actually funny, I think she is a little more exploratory with food than some mm -hmm. kids because she's so limited. Yeah. So if I'm like, oh, we're having like a different kind of fish tonight, she gets really excited about right. that. Right, right. Um, she so, can explore within her world. Right, it's like, it's different. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, that's kind of like her daily meal plan. She gets three um, meals, two snacks, and then so, so all of what, it's calculated. What did she have for breakfast this morning? So <laughs> I made her cheese soup, okay. which um, she, it's heavy cream. Um, so 36 grams of heavy cream, cheddar cheese. So she got like, I don't know, 13 or 14 grams. I don't remember exactly right. how many of cheddar cheese. And then <clears throat> a little bit of butter. Um, I think it was like eight grams of butter. Um, and I just melt it all together in a mixing pot and pour it in a bowl, and that's cheese soup. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> which it's a weird thing, but she likes that. And then uh, she had Cheerios for her carbs, so she had maybe like 15 Cheerios. And then she had um, uh, oil. So she gets, we just started doing um, MCT oil. So yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so... Um, up until August, the seizure control with the big seizures was really good, and then they started up again in August. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about how we want to approach trying to treat them. And we take a very, like, as I mentioned, slow and steady approach because we can. Mm -hmm. um, and her seizures are not so severe. Like, we're, we've gotten to a point where we're pretty comfortable treating them at home. Sometimes we still call 911. Um, but as long as it resolves, we try to stay home just because it's easier for her to, like, like to care for her at home sure. than at in the ER. Mm -hmm. um, so we um, decide like we were weighing like should we add more meds? Should we change her diet plan? What should we do? So we decided so in place of some of the fat like usually we give her butter because right. it's right now that's her preferred. We do MCT oil, mm -hmm. um, which is medium chain triglyceride, and it's supposed to be like more quickly metabolized, I guess, and. Yep. As we had talked about before, you were saying athletes use it for an energy boost or mm -hmm. whatever. What kind of coffee? Yeah, bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof coffee, yeah. yeah. So, I mm -hmm. mean. MCT oil um, and, and butter. And yeah. butter. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a similar effect. And so, we started that a few weeks ago. So, she gets, we're slowly titrating up the amount of oil she gets. So, mm -hmm. right now, she gets two exchanges, so like eight grams. Yep. Um, so, a little, like, um, almost two teaspoons. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she gets that for one meal and then, like, one tea, like what, four grams, one teaspoon, I guess, for, for the other two meals. Yep. And we're slowly trying to increase it until she'll be up to three exchanges. So, um, like, three fat servings per meal. Yep. Um, it's doing a number on her stomach, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Ha have you seen, what, what side effects have you seen or effects have you seen? 
of the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, the oil has definitely improved her seizures. So um, we haven't seen a big seizure since we started it, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. It's been, it was a month Wednesday since we saw a big one. So that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Her little seizures have been so severe since like the fall. She can't stay outside for recess most days at school. Like she just has to go in because like litter, I don't know if it's the sun or the, the, I don't know what it is, the overstimulation, but she just can't even stay outside for recess. Um, And she gets into such a cluster of small seizures that she has to go inside. So um, since starting the MCT oil, she's been able to stay outside for recess. Yesterday we had snow and she was like, I want to go out and play. And normally I would like, kind of be hesitant but I was Mm -hmm. like let's try she went sledding we were outside for probably 20-25 minutes before she started really having bad seizures and we had to go in so I mean that was like but that's a a yeah huge improvement so I definitely have noticed changes and I hesitate I mean my husband and her nurse and and I were were all like walking on eggshells we're like we don't want to say that it's doing good things too soon and um her stomach um is really like we've She's always had stomach issues. I mean, this poor kid, she has a a steel stomach, I always say. She doesn't, like, throw up a lot. Some kids on keto, they're just, like, puking all the time. They can't get the food down. Um, She tolerates the food, like, digestively, but but she's always had, like, issues going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had to do enema. She'll ask for, like, a glycerin suppository. There's a penguin on the box, and she'll be like, I think I need a penguin. Penguin. to and, help me. and she and this has always been the case stomach issues or since the oil um so since the oil now she's like having a lot of diarrhea right okay yeah. so because th- that's common um with the oil when with people yeah. who get on mct oil yeah um it's really cheap you can you can buy it in like these huge you know yeah. brown glass canisters and all yep. that but that's what if people even take a little more than a teaspoon even yeah they can really it'll definitely do a number on their stomach yeah um so I mean we're just being mindful like I would love to be able to go up to the full amount but we're just taking it slow because we don't want her to like we want her to retain some nutrition for sure sure. so um so it's just you know I mean this is sort of the journey um of with with epilepsy but specifically with Dravet syndrome it's just constantly weighing treatment and side effects right and right. just that's just everything and we just try to be really mindful of side effects and especially for her like cognitive side effects and just developmental side effects like we try really hard to like do everything we can to maintain her cognition yep. um but I mean we can only control so much so we just you know right. it's just that's that is what it is <laughs> yep. Well, it's so interesting because a lot of people will talk about keto from like a um, diet standpoint. Mm-hmm. They want to lose weight and whatever, and you hear it in the CrossFit world. But this is clearly, it, it is keto, but it's for a very clinical purpose. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, when people ask us about, well, what are your thoughts on keto? Well, for some people, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to go from seizure or no seizure, this is a great path to at least explore right. with professional help. Right. Right. And then other people might see it as just a quick diet. Right. And that's, yeah, it's frustrating. And other keto moms, like my epilepsy keto moms, yeah. we get really frustrated about it. And For so sure. with most people, I will say she's on a medical diet instead of saying yeah. keto diet. Because right. I feel like the word keto is like, it means it's different 
things than it did two years ago when we started and even yeah, before that. Um, sure. And I think people, it's just hard. Like you want to be accurate. And I, I, it's like teetering this line. I want her to feel included and like normal. I don't want her to stand out because of the differences, but food is such a huge part of our lives. And like, sure. I don't ever want to sell her short. Like she makes crazy sacrifices for a three-year-old. Like she's never, we've never taken her out for ice cream. Yeah. And especially being at preschool, seeing <laughs> and at other preschool. kids eat and, oh, and they what do, they bring in. They do and, food every yeah. week. They taste a new food and yeah. she doesn't participate in that. I mm -hmm. mean, but she doesn't let it bug her, you know? I just, yeah. I, and I, I just want to like give her credit for, for sure. what she does because so I feel like it is important to like build awareness around how unique of a diet this is for yes. her. And like, yeah. it's not, you know, it's, it's just, I, so many people be like, oh, keto, I do that too. Oh, keto flu. I know what that's like. And it's just, it's just different. It's, Correct. I don't, I don't doubt that people experience keto flu. I don't doubt that people, you know, are on the ketogenic diet, but yeah. you know, you can take a break and have a piece of pizza and it's not going to change. Yeah. Much. Well, and, and the, <laughs> right. And where people get confused or, uh, misled is thinking that just because they're low carb or even what they think is low carb when really it might not be very low carb, that doesn't matter. It, right. What matters is eventually like if, ketosis is really more about that blood reading that we were talking about. Right. It has, it has to do with carbohydrate that you consume, but it might not. Right. Like, so you could be, two people can be at the same carbohydrate intake level. One person is in ketosis, the other person is not. Oh, yeah. And, you're and not we see know that it. with the kids, yeah, too. I mean, exactly. the, and the patients who use this diet to treat medical conditions, right. um, their, you know, their ketone levels vary drastically. And, exactly. And everybody metabolizes it differently. And that's why I think what makes the program at CHOP like really, like I feel very lucky to have access to that mm -hmm. because it's so tailored to each kid. Yep. It's not like a one size fits all. I mean, people will be like, oh, this recipe is four to one, which is her ratio. So four right. to one means um, for every four ser servings of fat, there's one serving of protein and carb. Got it. Um, so like, so her current ratio is 90% of her calories are fat, 7% are protein and 3% are carbohydrate. Gotcha. Um, you'll, you'll hear kids are on like a three to one or yep. a 2.75 to one and it all just depends. So, yep. you know, someone will be like, oh, this recipe is four to one, she can have it, but like not according to, like, yeah, technically I guess she could and I could like fudge a little and let right. her ha let her try something. Mm -hmm. um, but technically, no, like I have to calculate according to her meal plan. Yeah, it's way more precise than it's people It's super precise, yeah. yeah. Um, and the one, and because people listening to this and might, uh, or probably do CrossFit or at least are in that world. Um, and because there is that more general question of like, is keto right for me? The, the, the quick answer is like, if you're doing high intensity stuff, um, and this is totally different than what Penny's going through, but like exercise wise, if you're going through high intensity exercise, your body needs carbohydrate, mm -hmm. um, lower carb than a standard American diet. Yeah, of course, like not having McDonald's and not having, right. you know, all this bread and pasta and all that um, for a normal person is probably a good idea to eat real right. whole foods, which right. is just naturally lower carb. Um, but you need carbohydrate to fuel the high intensity stuff. Right. There are some, and we won't go into it, but like there are some ultra distance people who run, you know, miles and miles and, and ultra marathoners who can be very low carb and high fat and their bodies do run on those ketones. And yeah, like 
MCT oil, uh, like I'll have it occasionally, and I do find great clarity and, yeah. in terms of concentration. And um, so there, there's definitely a crossover of some benefits to it. But you know, just because you hear someone is on keto, <laughs> doesn't mean know, that they're doing the same thing that like Penny. It's is like in, a right? it's like a buzzword. Yes, and it's, it's totally a buzzword. And it's just it's just it's interesting. And like, I think it's important too to like recognize. You know, I have parents who ask me, like, should I try this with my kid? And I'm like, not on your own. You need to work with a dietitian. And I mean, literally, they wouldn't send us home from the hospital because she was so acidotic and we couldn't get her levels up. She takes 30 milliliters of this, like, disgusting liquid medication to balance acidosis every day. I mean, and we monitor her urine. We monitor her blood. Right. She's seen by her team of clinicians, like, three every three months right. um this isn't something that you can just like do right. um and I, I mean you could but i wouldn't recommend it at all I'm, yeah. and if you you know i agree with you i think you know like i was joking i ate pizza yesterday and i had brain fog <laughs> like i you know i definitely recognize and i think eating healthy is is totally different than saying like oh i'm gonna do this right. this keto diet like right. i think it's right. just it's just it's just different. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Um, what, how, like, what's the percentage of people that are affected by Gervais, epilepsy in general? Like, yeah. what kind of, like, how rare is this? Um, yeah. So, um, so epilepsy, the statistics are that one in 26 people will be diagnosed with epilepsy in their life, wow. which is pretty astounding. Um, one in 10 people will experience a seizure at some point wow. in their life, yeah. 10% of people? Yeah. And it, um, is there a male, female uh, uh, Not that I know off the top of my head. Even? I'm sure that there is a statistic out there, but I don't yeah. know it off okay. the top of my head. But it's not, it's not like, because with autism, it's predominantly male, right? Uh, whereas I didn't know if that was the case. Not, with, um, I, not that I know. Okay, I, 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 Yeah, it, I don't, I haven't heard that. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. There, for Dravet syndrome specifically, um, it impacts one in 20,000. Um, so rare. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, it's, for comparison's sake, like I believe Down syndrome impacts one in 3,000. Um, so about seven times as yeah, as rare. rare yeah. um, and in, I, I believe it's something like 3%, 3 to 5% of infants who have a seizure in their first year of life, so under 12 months, will mm -hmm. develop Dravet syndrome. Wow. So if you think about how rare it is for a new, like an infant to have a seizure, right. only 3% of those kids, three to five, I think it is, will develop Dravet syndrome. Out of that pool, right, yeah. got it. So it's very rare. Wow. Um, what, what else would you want people to know? Um, where can they find more information? Yeah, um, um, so I actually, um, I actually work for the Dravet Syndrome Foundation, mm -hmm. um, and it's what's unique about the Dravet Syndrome Foundation is the commitment to research. Um, the budget is very fiscally responsible, so I believe it was about 70%. I would have to look at the statistics, yeah. um, but of our budget last year went directly to research projects. So, wow. um, which and is that's a, a lot compared, yeah, to, compared other to like operating foundations. costs are super low. Right. We do, you know, we do a lot and I work, um, in family and caregiver engagement. So I get to work with families a lot, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and I've been there for about a year now. Um, so the Dravet foundation, Dravet foundation.org, okay. um, is 
where you will find like the most um, collect like most concise amount of information specifically about Dravet syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and I I just feel like you know for Epilepsy Awareness Month, Dravet syndrome is so rare. It's it's rare that anyone will encounter anyone else with this condition. Yeah, um, I mean Penny is the first that I've yeah, heard. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I mean if if anyone's listening to this. Um, or watching this, <laughs> uh, they'll uh, they'll probably never hear of another kid with Gervais syndrome. It yeah. would be rare, um, but you'll probably experience people with epilepsy. And I feel like there's just such a stigma. Um, people with epilepsy hide it. They don't, um, and and it's getting better. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there just isn't a comfort level to talk about that um, because it it's scary. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, and if you have it, it's, it can be embarrassing. Yeah. It, it, um, I mean, and having a seizure can be really horrible. And yeah. um, for most people, they're not life-threatening. For us, they are. But for most people, they're not. And um, so I think just helping to normalize epilepsy. And I mean, I know, that, again, like there's some sort of statistic out there. But the dollars that go to epilepsy research are super, super few compared to dollars that go to other types of medical research, but the people number of people who are impacted by epilepsy is such, so significantly higher. Well, you said one in 10, right? right. Yeah. One in 10 will have a seizure, one in 26 okay. people will have epilepsy, it, which means it. you've had more than one seizure, gotcha. and it wasn't correlated with like a specific incident. Like let's say you have okay. you have an injury, right. and that caused you to have a seizure, right. or you, gotcha, you gotcha. know, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I think just helping to learn, like, what, what do I do if I see someone who has a seizure? Like, how can I help them? Um, that's really important. And, yeah. I mean, I would encourage everybody to just, like, Google, like, what do I do if I see someone having a seizure? Just to familiarize yourself, like, stay calm, you know, call for help. Um, make sure they're safe. Make sure they're right. safe. Don't put anything in their mouth. That's, right. like, such a, um, you know... Because what was it? The, uh, the old myth was um, like they're going to swallow their tongue. Yeah, or, no, that's like false. Yeah, yeah. You can't swallow your tongue. Um, Just make sure their head is safe. Yeah, so if they're on the ground. And, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and. I just think it's it's important that people understand. I mean, for me, it's important because I want Penny to be safe. Of course. Um, but, you know, I just feel like for the general population, like the likelihood that you, you'll see someone have a seizure is a lot higher than you might realize. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just good to, like, know and be prepared. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else that you want to want people to know? I just, uh, I just think on this journey, like empathy is the lesson that just keeps coming up and just learning. I think it's just really important to just like think about other people. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their stuff. Everybody's going through crazy things. And even though like I, I know sometimes my friends will be like, I don't know why I'm complaining about this to you. But like it's all relative <clears throat> is something sure. my friend Katie always says. Like everybody's journey involves like significant challenge and we all just need to like be a little more mindful of each other and you know just care a little more I think that's really what I've learned through all this and Penny I mean if any of you know her or get to meet her she just is so inspiring she's so tough and just I mean she's wise beyond her years and to sit with a plate of like a bowl of Cheerios in front of her and not eat it I mean one morning my head, I had, she likes to help me eat mm -hmm. because we help her eat. Right. So um, I had 
walked away and my bowl of cereal was sitting on the table and she had the spoon and she was just waiting for me. And my husband walked in and he goes, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm, I'm helping mommy. Like she didn't even, didn't even think, think to, to take a bite. Take mm -mm. Yeah. And I'm sure there will be a time where we'll get to that. But <laughs> for right now, she just continues to amaze me. And, you know, we're just thankful every skill she learns every day that, you know, we don't get a call from the nurse that she had a big seizure. That's like, yeah. a, that's good. So, um, yeah, so thanks for, yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks for giving all the information. Yeah. Hopefully, even if one person out there learns, learns something, right? Pick something yeah. up, which I'm for sure, sure that our two listeners will, will pick, <laughs> pick it up. But um, yeah, thanks for Thank coming Thank you. On. I appreciate it. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cross Econa, K-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at Thanks and have a great day.